G'day, everybody. It's time for another in the Saundo and Redders Winter Series podcast. The great man's here himself, Dan Saunders. How are you, sir? Looks like he's sporting a number three at the moment. I reckon he might have been in the barber during the week, the big man. Yeah, I went to one of those cool uh, barbers where they, they're all very hip and playing funky music, and you're in and out in about four and a half minutes and charge about 58 bucks and just yes. needed a change. And I mean, with a head like this, there's only so much panel beating will improve it. So it trims is. Trim's as good as a, a good whack, so, yeah, uh, everything's good. Good to hear, mate. Good to see you. And our very, very special guest this evening is no other than the great Kath Pink. Hello, Kath. It's a very warm welcome to our podcast. Hello, David, and hello, Dan. Hi, Kath. Kath, it's a privilege to have you on. Um, talk to us about your journey, how you first got involved with cricket, going all the way back. And then we'll talk more about you, um, club and representative stuff. But how did you start off in cricket, Kath? Uh, it was a long, long time ago now. Uh, my dad played CNS cricket to AR1 level for West Rules. And so I was the oldest uh, child and dad sort of, you know, played cricket. So I got to follow him. And I used to go and watch him play over at, uh, what was it, Arthur Eden Oval, which is now the soccer field. And yep. then, yeah, I just used to watch him play. I saw somebody hit a seven, seven runs over at Arthur Eden, hit out to uh, De- Cow Corner and, uh, yeah, and then it uh, got went thrown past the wicket keeper and went for four overthrows. So that was one of the things I remember. And then I think Dad's new car got a uh, ball that hit it probably about uh, five centimetres below the uh, front window. So that was my starting cricket. And then, I mean, I played on played in the front yard with my brothers and sisters. And then we had a family friend, uh, Paul Trisley, who uh, he took me to my first day of Test cricket. I think I was about eight or nine. And he sort of said, I sat in the car, I said, good morning. And I sat and watched it and he said, I was absolutely captivated by it. I think I saw, oh, can't even remember who it was, but at one stage I think I saw Alan Border play probably – one of his first, second or third test match. So that was pretty amazing. And, yeah, ever since then I've loved it. I played uh, I played a season of uh, girls' cricket. We actually, uh, a few of us had brothers or sisters, brothers who'd played with Katara Junior Cricket Club, and they sort of said, can we get a girls' team? And Paul Trisley was involved with Katara Cricket, and he just said to his daughter, Dominique, he said, well, you write a, uh, you write a letter to the committee saying that you want to get a girls team and yeah, they uh we applied for it and they got it. So we had an all girls team. I think it was the under 12 fives for Kapara Junior Cricket Club. I think my dad was the coach. One of the other mothers was the manager. And yeah, I think we won our first game. And I think that was it because the boys decided that they didn't want to be beaten by a team of girls. <laughs> and yeah, and I played a bit at high school in between uh, swimming because I did competitive swimming, played a bit at high school and, yeah, but always loved the cricket and followed it and followed Dad and then, yeah, that, that's 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 my introduction to cricket. This will test your memory a bit. Alan Border started playing first class of test cricket in the mid to late 70s. But I'm just curious um, with, with the test match as to whether Border was actually playing in a test match with everyone available or whether World Series cricket was on because Border played – for the ACB side, he didn't play World Series cricket. I'm just curious, as and and, and as to whether that might have been the series when India came to Australia and Bobby Simpson captained Australia, which I think was not in '78. I think it might have been the year before, 
because I think Border now Rodney Hogg was opening the bowling for Australia, and he was bowling to uh, Jeffrey Boycott, who was uh, bowling from the uh, Bradman stand end because we were sitting in the Bradman Bradman concourse. And uh, yeah, first ball of the uh, thing Australia had got dismissed. I can't remember for how much. I think Border may have got a 50. Australia got dismissed. It was just before lunch, I reckon it was. And, yeah, Rodney Hogg comes in to bowl and uh, they went up for an LBW appeal first ball of the innings and the umpire gave it out and then it was just like the whole crowd were going, Hoggy, Hoggy. It was just, yeah, it was fantastic. We may have taken one more wicket for the rest of the day. Yeah, Rodney Hogg took 40 wickets in that series. That he He was the quickest thing around. He was rapid. Uh, I've heard some stories about that, but that's fascinating. That that's your first test match. I, I was going to ask if Dennis was playing, but if Border was playing, that that's a terrific memory. And where did you sit? Did you sit um, in the? Let me think. Let me get the stands right. Were you in the Bob st- uh, Bob stand or Churchill stand or on the no, hill? We were, we were actually like the Bradman Concourse. Okay, got it. Underneath the Bradman stand. I know where that is. That that's actually where away teams sit for Australian rules now in that exact bay. So I know that area. Oh, that's great. Um, to Katara at high school. And what kind of what was your best stroke in swimming? Were you a freestyler or a butterflyer? What was your specialty? At swimming, it was backstroke was mine. I think it was probably to the fact that I didn't have to put my face in the water. That sort of thing. But yeah, so so backstroke and probably maybe a bit of butterfly. And where yeah, was, which was your stuff. which was your home pool? My home pool, I started, I learned to swim at uh, Les Lazarus at the junction for Hunter Swim Club. And then we went to uh, the Viking Swimming Club out at uh, South Wales End with uh, Dennis Day. And, yeah, I mean, that's when we sort of started, like, you know, probably doing our morning and afternoon training sessions. And then during uh, December, I used to train three days, three, three times a day as you're preparing for, like, the country and state and national championships. And then when that pool closed down, I went to Hunter for the last couple of years with Eric Arnold. Wow, that that's that, that's serious stuff. Three times a day. That is that's proper. Yeah, that's that's proper. You're out there being a dolphin at that in, in yeah. that, doing that many times. Because yeah, we that, sort of play in, uh, we'd go five five o'clock till say seven seven thirty, and then you'd go home for a rest and have breakfast, and then you'd come back at uh, twelve o'clock and do twelve till one thirty. Most times it was outdoors. And then, yeah, you'd have a rest in the afternoon and come back at four. Wow. And then train at six o'clock. That's serious but that business. Used, but that used to be good because when the Shield matches were on in Newcastle and you were in at uh, Hunter, you'd go in, uh, you'd, you'd go train in the morning and have breakfast. I think mum had sort of dropped me at the cricket. And then I'd go to the cricket, I'd come back uh, and I'd come back and uh, do the training from, uh, what, 12 to 1.30. I'd probably have a quick lunch and then go back over and watch a couple of hours of the cricket and come back for training in the afternoon. Sounds like a pretty good day. Saundo, over to you, sir. Yeah, look, look, doing a bit of preparation, uh, which I rarely do for the podcast, but I just wanted to make sure that we represented Kath as accurately as possible. If I've got this correct, Kath, are you in your 35th consecutive season as the scorer for Charleston District Cricket Club? Does that sound correct? Uh, that's actually correct, yep. Coming into my 35th, yep. Well, that's that's amazing, and I mean, just for there'll, there'll be some people, I guess, from the social cricket side of things who may not be aware of um, yourself, and I mean, no disrespect with that whatsoever. Um, social cricket was sort of 
in a bit of our own little bubble to the to the grade set up. Uh, what's, what's that? Nineteen eighty eight. Uh, 1989-90 was my first season. Wow. And that was only because Paul Trisley came to me and he said, oh, do I want to have a go at cricket scoring? Because, yeah, well, he knew I loved cricket and he was uh, first grade scorer at Charlestown at the time and on the he was secretary as well there. And I said, oh, yeah, why not? So I had a go at it. October long weekend, 1989, we had a club, intra-club trial. And then uh, the next Saturday, I was the second grade scorer for Charlestown. Out at, out at uh, we played out at Toronto, Ron Hill Oval, yep. and that was actually a game that made the national news. Because wow. the first week, the guys were sort of saying, "Oh, we were batting first, and they were saying, "Oh, it's a bit odd with the uh, with the run ups and everything." And they ended up the wicket was about to crease lengths too long, so we wow. batted for the whole inning. Got close to 300. Jason Hill, Michael Hill's son, yep. and uh, first first grade premiership winner with Charlestown for quite a few times. He was he was batting and he came off the park and he sort of said, I had him on 93. And he sort of says, that's wrong. I only made 92. Well, that was my introduction to uh, official cricket scoring. <laughs> and then they had to consult like Cricket Australia, New South Wales cricket during the week. And they ended up, we ended up bowling, knowing that the wicket was too long. And I think Toronto chased down 300. But uh, that was actually Tony Gilbertson for any uh, Charlestown fans and around the thing. That was actually his debut match for Charlestown. And I think it, he then went straight into first grade the next week. And he didn't come back out of there till probably he was a lot older. And uh, it started when he had his kids. So, yeah, that was my uh, first introduction to uh, district cricket. Okay. Yes, you, you've mentioned Paul Trisley's name a couple of times, and um, I believe he's uh, uh, Martin Trisley, uh, Martin's father, I believe. Yep, that's correct. Yep. I've got to say, an interesting Charleston story for myself. So I, I come up through the Walls End Grade system as a young fella, and I remember playing under 23s at Cahaba Oval. I was like 15 yep. years old. Um, and I've come out the bat at about oh, seven, I want to say. And yep. from one end, one end, I've got Anthony Stewart. Correct. Or, I would have been scoring that game. More than likely. So you probably smell what was coming out of my undies at the time too. But Anthony Stewart firing in from uh, one end. There, uh, I guess I'd call it the car park end. Yep. Um, and from other, the other end was Martin Trisley. And I've never forgotten him to this day because for uh, probably two decades, I don't think I've ever been sledged as unmercifully and as vulgarly as I caught that <laughs> afternoon. Oh, really? <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean, readers mightn't believe this, but I haven't always been a bit of a verbal firecracker that I sort of noticed before. And, uh, yeah, it was it was quite fun because he, and he was quite sharp. He was, I mean, for me, having, yeah, a guy who five years on went and played for Australia and took a hat-trick at the MCG. And at the other end, this Correct. guy who, who what he made up for, maybe not sure as fast, his um, aggression, he... Yeah, it was it was for a fifteen year old playing twenty threes. It was quite confronting, and then um, I managed to see them off. I actually got out to my old mate Benny Warmer. He bowled me a nice uh, first ball waist high full toss leggy, which hit straight down midwicket's throat. <laughs> that's a that's a perfect segue for me because you've spoken about two top shelf cricketers who've oh, played yeah. for the Maggies, and I suppose 
in talking about Kathleen, we'll talk about her scoring exploits shortly. Kath, are Warmer and are Benny Warmer and Anthony Stewart two of the better cricketers in the top four or five that you've seen wearing a Charles Charlestown a Charlestown uniform? I think definitely. I'd just say, well, Stube, Anthony Stewart, yep, uh, Benny Woolmer, definitely. We'd have to include Steve Mace. Who's Absolutely, you know, legend. And the veterans. And the veterans, like, you know, Australia, over 50s, etc. New South yeah. Wales country, open men's side. Yep, all those sort of things. Uh, I'd say we include Mark Curry in that one as oh, well. And then we've wow. got, you know, but then you've got, like, Paul Ross... <laughs> It was absolutely unbelievable as a bat and probably the best fielder, best fielder in town. And then, I mean, you know, current day now when you've got, uh, well, there's lots of them. You've got sort of Path Shah now. You've got, uh, yeah, Peter March. Well, Peter March was a superb cricketer. Peter yeah. March was a terrific cricketer. And I'm sure I've forgotten lots of people. So apologies to anyone I have forgotten. Well, uh, Armsy and Chile will be very furious because they're the, la- the latest ones to get New South Wales country caps as well, and 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 Jed, of course. But um, yes, and, and goodness me, and Ben Warmer. Let me tell you, goodness me, that bloke, that bloke should have played Sheffield Shield. That's how good he was. He was a yeah. superb. Mm. Okay. Yeah, so like, you like... started off started off in seconds. How long did it take for you to become the permanent first grade sc- scorer at Cahyber Oval? So I started off in seconds. I did that till the Christmas break. And then Don Convery, who was scoring for third grade, his son Brett was playing there. Well, he got promoted to second grade and they came to me and sort of said, would I be happy to go to third grade? And he could come up and do seconds, which is what I did. And then probably then Paul Trisley, often around the Christmas time, he would sort of go holidays. So he sort of said to me, would I like to do the, you know, so I sort of do a, probably a couple of games there that I did the first grade book, which was pretty, uh, yeah, pretty daunting when you've got, uh, you know, Paul Trisley was, yeah, he, he's this doyen of our uh, club and of in the Newcastle District, the scorers. And, and then uh, I took over permanently in 1993-94. That was my, that was when I took over permanently. And I'd scored a few games of first grade and before that, yeah. We're, we're very blessed in Newcastle District Cricket Association. Uh, many of your colleagues in first grade are outstanding scorers. We really are very blessed. Um, and I'll, I'll name a few of them, and you're at the top of the tree. Saundale, so, you word you often use for me, I know in jest, is Doyen. Well, Kath Peak, let me tell you, is not Doyen of scorers in Newcastle. Kath Peak is one of the flat-out best scorers in all of New South Wales country. And people know oh. that, and that that's that's the that's the God's honest truth. And remember, I've scored with Kath on more than one occasion. So trust oh. me, uh, um, I I know what I'm talking about. She's one of the best, um, Kath. But no, you've I... got people you you score with, like Dan Proudman's an excellent scorer. My um, my own club's Di Rowan's a very good scorer. Jenko's a good scorer, despite the fact that he's that's a scallywag. Yeah, Jenko's a scallywag. Jack Hillary's a good scorer. Keith Brackenby's a good scorer. And you know what, Dan? Every single one of them loves scoring with Kath Pink. Every single one of them. They just love doing I, it. I'll try. I'll I, think of that. I can't think of a more... 
in Newcastle cricket, and I'm, I'm going to lay this out now, in Newcastle cricket, I think there are some very popular figures across the clubs. I reckon that Kath and Jack Hillary are almost in their own little group at the top of the very top of the tree for being warmly welcomed by everybody from every club. And when you and when we you are up against Charlestown, be the home or away, one of the highlights of the day is actually seeing and spending time with Kath, and it's the same with Jack. And that's that's how highly I think that Kath Pink is is regarded across Newcastle cricket, Dan. I really do. And I know you were talking about some of our friends who watch in the in the in the social cricket. They might not understand the reverence with which Kath is regarded across across the spectrum. No, I know in the last four years of my involvement with the NDCA sort of been more involved in it. It's certainly very evident the respect that Kath has in cricketing circles. I know the first um, AGM we attended, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Kath, the 2020 uh, AGM, you were awarded um, a special award at that AGM by the NDCA. Yep. So that was the contribution to Cricket Award. I got that along with uh, Jack Brown, Ron Hancock and Tommy Anderson. And that was like, yeah, that was such a shock. And, yeah, that was just, yeah, I was just gobsmacked. I was lost for words, and for me, that's probably uh, that's probably a never. I can't imagine. Hang on, you were lost for words. What's yeah, going yeah. on? Oh, Definitely, and, and, you man. Those, and you look at those names, like yes, again, yes. Jack Brown's. The, I mean, still scores with his abacus. They tell me out there at Walls End. Um, <laughs> uh, Ron Hancock, an absolute legend of cricket um, from Stockton, as yeah. well knows. Um, and and Tommy Anderson, who's just yeah, he's he's just brilliant. I mean, there's, I don't have any other supporters that I can come for him for his contributions to cricket. So um, yeah, that that's certainly. I mean, I, I've got to get into my thesaurus and find an, a, a word better than doyen, because um, yeah, the people like Kath Pink, <laughs> that that's their territory. Oh, well, that, of- mate, can I just sort of say uh, one thing here is like, I mean, when I started in first grade, Audrey Arms was, I mean, Jack was sort of scoring then in Jenko, but Audrey Arms was one of the, uh, sc- she was the scorer for for Waratah with Greg and that sort of stuff. So, I mean, I, that's, you know, now and I mean, I'm sort of, you know, I'm doing the scoring for Dan being our first grade captain. So that's, you know, it's always yeah. that links are, you know, he's fantastic. I mean, I really enjoy that because, like, the first time that I ever met, one of the first time I met Jenko was actually one of those first grade games where Paul Trisley, and I think it, I think it was probably 93, maybe 92, 93, Australia were playing Pakistan in the test match at, uh, in Sydney. Darren Lehman came in as a 19-year-old and was 12th man. And there was a lot, a lot, there was a lot of rain and Paul sort of said, oh, can I do the scorebook for first grade for this game? And I think it was when we played 100 overs. I think we got in probably about 36 overs on the first day. We had, you know, two or three hours rain interruptions. You know, you sat out there. They were out there till seven. And I think we came back the next day and we ended up being bowled out for probably about 136, I think it was, give or take a run or two. And then Toronto, well, Southern Lakes at that stage, they started really well and they were going really well. And Jenko's there like, oh, you know, oh, we're going to get these runs. Uh, I think Southern Lakes hadn't beaten Charlestown in a two-day game for like maybe 25 years, 25 years or something like that. And Janko's getting sort of really confident. I'm sort of thinking, oh, no, this is the first time I've taken over from Paul and I'm going to lose the unlosable game. And then they ended up getting it up to, oh, 
I think we ended up the second wicket fell at about 90. Third wicket ended up falling and they brought it up to probably about 109. And I'm thinking three for 109. They need, what, less than, what, about 20 more runs. And then uh, Tony Gilbertson and Jason Hill just went bang, bang, bang. They lost seven for seven, all out 116. Dutchy Holland was the last one out, gone for a big windy whoop. I think he either bowled or caught like a sky to catch. And I'm like, phew, I've like managed to maintain our, our, our pretty strong record against Toronto. Rain delay with Jenko. Let me guess, were there a few Tuish news that were consumed during that period, Kathleen? I'm sure Jenko did. At that stage, I didn't drink. And I can okay. still remember every time that we played Jenko, he would always say, we'll have a drink. And I said, look, no, nah, I don't drink. You can have a drink. I don't mind. And then I'd all I'd have is a soft drink. And then one week, I think I uh, must have had a horrible week at work. And he asked me the question and he just said, and I said, yep, get me a, get me a two weeks new. <laughs> and shall we say that uh, Jenko is probably... His score is very, very neat. Yep, and shall we say that it gets even neater the more that he drinks. Which is remarkable. And then, yeah, so from then that's, on, I've that's, been, that's it right, Dan. It's I, dead set I will partake in a, I will partake in a drink with uh, Jenko now. And I think, yeah, we sort of we've had it we've had our days where it's thank goodness I've been at Cohiba. <laughs> so I could probably uh, either walk home or get a lift home. And, uh, yeah, so, no, it's been uh, – I mean, yeah, I mean, J- Jenko's fantastic. You know, Di, Di from uh, uh, Stockton is brilliant, always enjoys spending time with her. I mean, J- Jack, definitely, he's uh, with his Bibles and everything and his, uh, su- his suitcase, his big port with the uh, all the stats and everything, you know. You always know that uh, if you wanted to start or find out information, well, you go and see him. Proudo is just, yeah, it's the best thing to score alongside him because you're always chatting about lots of other different things. Jack Hillary's the same. I'm sure I've missed some people. Redders is, Redders is great. I sort of said, I mean, the thing is, when you're a first-grade scorer, you're sitting alongside someone for, what, six, six, seven hours. It's got to, you've got to find something to talk about. <laughs> and, it's yeah, it's just like, yeah. It's just the best, and it's not just first and first grade. Whenever I've scored in the other games, you know, if you do second grade, or you do third grade or fourth grade. I think uh, we at one stage there we had three fifth grade sides, and it was a group of young guys that were had come up like they were just Charlestown juniors, and they wanted to put a side together. And I said, "Yep," and they used to call them the Five Twos. And when it like if first grade got washed out, I'd go along there with my. Uh, pink, uh, my pink, uh, what do you call it, uh, camp chair because there was no, like, you know, flash facilities in fifth grade cricket. I'd go and sit there and do those games and, yeah. And, I mean, those young boys today are all, well, a lot of them are now playing in our Masters team and, you know, you've got Drew Russell, whatever, just taken over the, is it Ocean View Hotel at Dudley and a few of those ones and formerly the Cambridge and all those sort of things. So, you know, that's the calibre of uh, the people that have been involved. And, you know, I mean, I, I just love all that stuff. You do your under-21s, your under-23s, you know, as Dan mentioned before about the under-23s, that side that 
Charlestown had there with Anthony Stewart and David Brown and Paul Ross. And I think at one stage there we had nine of our 11 players in our under-23s team were first graders. Bloody good first graders. (laughs) We played a game, I think. I think we played university, the first final, the under-23s. And I think that was, uh, oh, that would have been, I think we ended up winning by seven runs. The old, it was the old, like, number one sports ground. I think the lights were on over at the, uh, the, the play, the uh, buildings across the road. I think you can hardly see in the scorer's box at number one. And, and I think at one stage there, I think Paul Ross got run out going for the fourth run at number one sports ground. And yeah, I mean, yeah, we ended up winning by seven runs. And that was, you know, that was my first introduction to uh, going to the brewery in town with the under-23 boys, but I didn't stay for too long. <laughs> Tell us, talk to us about um, the the scoring that you've done at representative level because you've done quite a lot. And in particular, what it was like to win a, a state championship with the Lake, Lake Mac attack. But talk to us about your representative scoring, Kat. Yeah, well, representative scoring, I mean, I, I enjoy all cricket, but, yeah, to have the opportunity to... Do representative scoring is fantastic. The first representative matches that I did was the Australian Country Cricket Championships were held in uh, Newcastle in January of 92-93. And the association asked for the clubs to nominate anyone who would be interested in doing some of the scoring and that sort of job. And I was fortunate enough to be nominated by Charlestown. And they sort of said, oh, so when I got the uh, gig as the South Australian Country, uh, scorer, which was just, yeah, I mean, that that was, like, amazing. I still remember one of the uh, players in the team, his name was Zoran Kovatfinski, and I said to get that name right in the scorebook was seeing, and we played our, I think they played their first game at Cardiff against the New South Wales team, which had, I think, about seven or eight players from Newcastle, including Anthony Stewart, who was making a, his debut. Mark Curry was there. Greg Arms was there. Tony Fort, probably Tony Daly, I think, was in that team. And a lot wow. of those which oh, was just holy, like, holy cow, that's a good strong that's right, side. Holy cow, yeah. And so we did that one. I mean, I think New South Wales country, Warren Tennant, who was one of the uh, representative scorer for Newcastle for quite quite a while, and with Merriweather, he uh, he was a scorer for New South Wales country. And then partway through the championships, they it was just after Brian Lara had scored his, was it 277? Run out by Damien Martin at the SCG. Case Australia at the Sing. And they played, they were the days when they played uh, country. They played the Australian country team, played the touring team. Yep. They came out a couple of days after they played the test match in Sydney, came up to Belmont, and they picked an Australian country team and, uh, and they played against the West Indies team. And they actually asked me, they sort of said, would I be interested in doing the scorebook for uh, the West Indies? And I said, oh, yeah, that would be fantastic. And then I look at that side and Rowan Canhai was the manager. And then we had Desmond Haynes, Phil Simmons. uh, Let me see if we can get them all. Duck Wogie. Richie Richardson. (laughs) Is that the game at Carl Oval, Kat? At Carl Oval, yes. Yeah, I was out there, but you couldn't move in the place. I've heard heard a lot of people tell stories about that exact game, actually. Yeah. 
It was just like, it was just unbelievable. I'm just like, I'm starry eyed. And then plus also the fact that Anthony Stewart got picked for Australian country as well. So here's this young guy making his debut for New South Wales country. And, you know, he comes from Charlestown. Here's this kid that, you know, started started in fourth grade at Charlestown, you know, and, yeah, it was his dad. And, and yeah, I mean, his dad took the first first grade wicket for Charlestown way back in our first game back in 1964-65. In fact, if, you know, the first ball and then, you know, then you've got Aunt Scoob and his brothers, uh, brothers David and sort of Michael played and mum Jill's a patron. And, yeah, so that was just, yeah, that was a great honour that, uh, that, you know, that game for the West Indies. And then at various stages over the next one, I've sort of done Bradman Cup. I think it would have been, I mean, David and Dan will know Nick Foster. So it would have been the Bradman Cup was held in Newcastle. I think it would have been mid-90s. Greg Geese and Graham Faraday were the coach and the manager. And this stunning team today, we you had a team of uh, Tim Ambrose who went on to uh, open uh, wicketkeeper for England, test centuries, et cetera. You had Mark Faraday. You had Ryan Wilson. You had Gary Geese. You had Joey Price. They're still playing today. Uh, I'm sorry I'm going to miss someone. And then there was this young kid. I think he was about 13, 14 years old. He was this young off-spinner called Nick Foster. And he probably would have been back then, I'm sure, it would have been knee-high to a grasshopper. And he used to bowl these accurate ones there. And we actually won We actually won the Bradman Cup and that was, you know, so so exciting then because I think one of the players that played for, was at Western Division, was Rhett Lockyer. He opened the batting and he ended up being subfielder for Australia when they were down in Tasmania. Rhett Lockyer played uh, Sheffield Shore cricket and first-class cricket and he moved to Tasmania from Mudgee. That's right. So Rhett Lockyer's from up, up in the high country. Yeah. He's, he's a superb cricketer. And then we ended up going down to Bradman Oval to play the to play the Bankstown, who were the state champions. And I think we only fell about maybe about 20, 30 runs short. So that how was there. Cool so, yeah. is Brad, how cool is Bradman Oval? To use a Catholic word. Oh, yeah. How cool is Bradman yeah, Oval? Definitely cool. Definitely cool. So, yeah, so I've had the opportunity for Bradman Cup. I've had the opportunity of Bradman Cup. And, I mean, Josh Hazelwood, I think that was the first time I ever saw him play. I think he was 14 years old, representing Central North against uh, Newcastle down at Adcock Park at uh, Central Coast. And here was this kid. We sort of said, oh, here's this Josh Hazelwood. And it was just like, it was amazing to actually see, like, this 14-year-old kid bowl. And he was coming through very quickly and... uh, yeah, not too many people could get a bat on him, <laughs> but that's okay. And so then I, uh, oh, well, yeah, I've had the opportunity to do some Newcastle representative ones as well. So that's sort of been pretty exciting. And then probably in the last, what, six, seven years, David, it's been uh, that's right. when they brought in the Lake Mac attack. The plan, plan B Regional Bash, Kathleen. Plan B Regional Bash, you're right. And... They sort of remember Alan Nichols sort of ringing me up and uh, sort of saying, would I be interested in uh, doing the scorebook for it? And I said, oh, yeah, that would be great. And I can still remember, because it was an inaugural team back then, still remember, like, I think uh, Mark Curry and May, I'm trying to remember who else it was. I think maybe Tim Cox presented us all with our hats and uh, our shirts. And I think we were at the 
under the grandstand at Harker Oval. And so that was, you know, that was a great, you know, really proud moment then. To, and plus there was quite a few of the Coalstown boys in the team, which which is always good. But, I mean, you know, I just, you know, it's loving to be loving to be around that sort of environment and that, you know, and then, well, yeah, then we sort of managed to uh, got to go down to the SCG, which is just like, it's just the, the, the pinnacle it's, for a score. It's heaven. Is it, how it good is, is it? It is heaven. It is absolute heaven, man, you know. It's absolute heaven to, like, you know, you get the – and I was very fortunate when we first went down there because Steve Taylor had rung up the women's – our women's Newcastle team were playing there the week before. And he sort of says, oh, the SCG. And I said, oh, are you free to come down and do that? And I said, oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, I'll have another game at the SCG. So that was actually really good to like familiarise yourself with, you know, the environment and going up to whatever floor it is in the Brongle stand and just looking down. I think it's the down. sixth or seventh. I think it's the sixth or seventh floor yeah. in the Brongle. And just looking down, like the view and everything, you know, and then getting to press the button that, like, you know, that signals the umpires when you sort of, whenever you've been to games at the SCG and, you know, you look and you see where they're signalling to and that. So oh, I'm the person now pressing that button, so... That was pretty cool. That was just amazing, you know. And just even like, you know, to, to meet up with the other scorers and that sort of stuff, you know. It was just, yeah, it was it was it was such fun, you know. And to see them like perform so well, you know. Oh, well, they were superb. There's the a three or four year period there where Lake Mac were basically the best T twenty tied in New South Wales, won a championship. Kath's got, got a very well-deserved medal. And whenever you saw Kath, in, it was blended in purple, Dan, because Lake Macca, um, La, uh, um Los Angeles, and of course, but before that, Minnesota Lakers, but they're Minnesota Lakers colours in yellow and, pur- and purple and yellow. And uh, yeah, it, yeah, when you whenever you saw um, uh, Lake Mac, you always expect to see Slug there and Kath lead as well. It's, it's always good. Over to you, Saundo. Uh Look... I, I just love hearing the passion people have for cricket and, you know, whether they're current players, past players or in roles off the field. And Kath's a perfect example there. But I guess, Kath, a very open question for you, and I hope this doesn't really put you on the spot, but what 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 does what has the game done for you or, or what 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 does cricket mean to you? Because it just it means so many different things to so many different people. Um, it's obviously you love the game as much, if not more, than than the rest of us. Um, but I guess the the game. I mean, yeah. If that makes any sense, what 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 has cricket done for you? I guess. Well, cricket has actually it's taken me to lots and lots of different places, and I can say all over the world. Because 10 years ago now, today, 10 years ago this year, I was part of uh, Rod Mace, excuse me, that uh, who I actually went to kindergarten with at Katara South Public School. He organised, excuse me, he organised a, uh, excuse me, guys. You're all right. Give me a take moment. Your I'll have a minute. You're all right. Take, take your time. Give me a moment. We'll just have a quick delay, everybody, in the podcast. Yep. As I. <laughs> now that's better. You okay? Okay. Uh, I will be when I sit back down here. Yep. Didn't mean to put you on the spot, Cass. Sorry. 
No, 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 that's right. No, so he organised, he'd always said, he'd always coached his son's junior team and he had always said that when they finished their junior career that he'd like to take them on a cricket tour. And I can still remember it would have been Father's Day and I sort of said jokingly to him back then, oh, well, if you need an official score on this tour, you know, put me in, you know. Joke, joke. And then he came, it would have been Father's Day 2011, and we were at cricket training, pre-season training, and he comes up and he says, Kath, that's a goer. Here's the thing. Think about it if you'd like to go. I think I went to the family lunch for Father's Day, and I'm talking about it. I mean, my dad said, yeah, go. Mum said, go. The rest of my brothers and sisters are saying, go. So I think the next day, next time I saw Rocket on the Tuesday, I said, yep, count, count me in. So that was, yeah. I said, look, count me in, and, yeah, we ended up going to uh, we ended up going to England. Excuse me. We ended up going to England. Was it uh, 19 games of cricket all over England in 25 days? And, yeah, I mean, the experiences we got there, I mean, we got to go to a test match at Lords the first day. So that was exciting and just even something like that. So, I mean, cricket's there. It's got to take me to lots of different places. It's got me to meet, like, lots and lots of people that are still friends, still friends today. It's just, I mean, yeah, I mean, I absolutely love it with a passion. I also enjoy the fact that I'm being part of a club like Charlestown and also that I can... Well, I, I'm hoping that I, you know, I contribute on and making a difference to people, like to young guys. That I mean, I, I mean, I go, I go to training every every day. Like I'm there at training at the beginning, and that sort of stuff. And I mean, I sort of, I hope to be welcoming people and all that. And I mean, yeah, all that sort of stuff. Like I mean, I, I mean, I enjoy seeing the young kids come up, the young, yeah, the young girls, the young boys coming up. And, you know, trying hard, like, you know, having a go at it. I mean, you know, for some people, they haven't had a familiarity with, you know, senior cricket and it's being able to welcome them into that. And I just like seeing the kids perform, you know. If one one kid there that he hit, he, he took, took a couple of wickets. And, I mean, I just find that I just, yeah, so rewarding to be able to say to these, you know, look at this kid, you know, he's done this and, you know, to be welcoming people and that sort of stuff. And as I said, I mean, I've got lifelong friends over it uh, that, I mean, I for a period there I was uh, the cricket club I was doing, we were doing, we used to do raffles at the Matara Hotel and so I would go up there every, you know, Thursday, Friday up there and sort of sell the raffle, you know, sell the raffle tickets, help promote promote our cricket club. And I mean, people back then, the like early two thousands, like those people that were there then, they're still there today. And I'm like really great mates with people. I'm, you know, I've I've met lots of people up there. I just like being able to promote cricket, to promote not just Charlestown, but to promote cricket in general. You know, to provide a venue and an avenue for everyone, whether they're exceptional sportsmen 
and sports women or not. I'm just, yeah, to be, be part of like, you know, providing an avenue for people to enjoy, enjoy their life, to contribute, yeah, to contribute to society and then also, yeah, to, you know, to make friends and, yeah, it, it's, just, it's just fantastic. I mean, hopefully I've, yeah, I've included everything. Yeah, but it's all the people that you meet. It's, it's just fantastic. I mean, I love it, you know? Yeah. I, I, I can't think of a more – that's a great answer. It's one of the best answers. It was quite detailed, but it really was – I think it sums you up in that you're the heart and soul of that cricket club. And please uh, – I know you're going to get a bit embarrassed with this, but both of us know know this. You're the heart and soul of that club. Uh, I know that every time that we're up against Charlestown or, or in my club or I see you at cricket, it, it makes my day to see you. Not only the fact Daniel Daniel saw that Kath is a died in the wool rooster, which of course stands, sets her above all the other Muppets <laughs> in Newcastle cricket. Uh, no, 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 no. Don't you start, she'll get you. I'll tell you, don't sledge the roosters. Mate, we've won six in a row. <laughs> yeah, well, well no, good luck to you guys. Good, good luck, good luck to, you. to Newcastle. No, seriously, if Newcastle make the eight, that is a phenomenal performance from where they were. It is, and it's a tribute to O'Brien and everybody there, and they've got a couple of their last games at home, and I hope Newcastle and the Rabbits this weekend, if I could just d- diverge just for a second, I'm hoping that joint is dumping. It's sold oh, out. Well, yeah, well, sold out. That's, that's what Newcastle's like. And they've got the North Brisbane it, women on first, so well, they'll, they'll have 20,000 there for that game. It should be. Awesome. And I'll just call it, I'll just hope the Roosters can sneak into the eight as well. That'd be lovely. Uh, I'm not sure if it's possible, but anyway... Um, Kat, you're getting back to it. You, you are the halt and soul of that club, and um, I know how much you dislike going to the Matara on Thursday and Friday nights. Tongue in cheek. Uh, I know that's that's part of your nights. that's part of what you do. More nights than that now, but that's all right. That's cool. <laughs> um, and outstanding scorer, outstanding club person, great cricket person, wonderfully passionate about the game, truly revered. There are very few people in any sport that are revered across the spectrum. And we're very, very lucky in Newcastle. We've got a couple, and you're one of them. And oh. it's just such a pleasure to have you on with us and giving us some of your time and just sitting back and listening to you talk. And you can still see now after 30-odd years, the passion just radiates. It's like steam coming out of your ears. And instead, it's just passion for the game, yeah. the club, what you do, developing people, mentoring people. That's one thing that I think Kath did, might have spoken about a little bit, but the amount of people that have been influenced by Kath's dedication and commitment and professionalism and at, at sometimes gentleness, especially with some of the scallywags that she's had, especially in the last five or ten years at Charlestown. I've had some of them on my representative cricket sides, and some of them are very, very cheeky and obstreperous young men. Richardson, if you're listening, you're one of them. But, um, yeah, there's there's so many of them that you've had such a wonderful influence on. And um, I think you're you're an enormous credit to yourself and the club and, cricket, and Newcastle cricket. And women's cricket and to women in sport, I think you're an inspiring role model for so many people. I mean, we're recording this on the night that the Matildas are playing and those people are as well, but in a, in a quite different way. I think you're a trailblazer for a lot of people, both men and women in the game, and you should take enormous credit for that. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. Thank you very much for those lovely words, you know. It's just like, I mean, I'm just like one little... One little cog in, you know, every, every cricket club, you know, that sort of stuff. And I just look at that and I think, well, you know, as I said, provides opportunities, you know, cricket provides opportunities for people to do lots of things, you know, and, if, you know, I just, yeah, I'm just so grateful for the fact that I have been able to be associated with 
Charlestown and cricket in Newcastle and cricket in general for just, yeah, for that that many years, you know. And, yeah, it's just, yeah, I'm just like, yeah, I just, I, I, I love it. I mean, you know, in that one they say, you know, I don't just, you know, I don't like cricket. I just love it, man. I, you know, I really do. I really do. And, you know, as I said, it's sad. I can tell you lots of stories about, you know, going to the test cricket, you know, with my dad and, you know, and that sort of stuff, yeah. It's sort of, yeah, I mean, there was one. Like, you know, my hero was probably David Boone. David Boone was my hero as, you know, cricket one. And I can still remember my dad. I went down to a test match, SCG, and Australia versus, yeah, Australia versus England. David Boone's on 85. And dad always used to, like, stir me about, you know, me liking David Boone. And Graham Gooch came into bowl. And he sort of bowled a short ball, a shortish ball, and Bernie's just gone whack four, and he's gone to 89, and I'm thinking, yes. And next ball, Bernie just goes whack four, and he goes to 93, and I'm saying, yes. I'm thinking two hits away from 100 here. And the next ball, Gooch comes in a bowl, and he goes, and Bernie just leans back and goes whack four, and he's on 97, and I'm sitting there, and I'm so excited. And Dad just turns to me and he says, you know what he's going to bowl? He's going to bowl. He's going to come in and bowl. be shortish, wide outside off stump. Booney's going to lean back and see that guy at point? He's going to hit it straight to him. So Graham Gooch comes in to bowl, but shortish, bit wide outside off stump. And, yep, Booney leant back and hit it straight to the guy at point and he's out for 97. <laughs> and that, yeah, I mean, that's just one of the... Uh, one of the stories with dad, like, you know, with my dad and that, but, you know, yeah, I'm, yeah, as I said, I mean, it's test cricket like that, but any other cricket, you know, it's just, yeah, yeah. Dan, it's been a wonderful podcast. I could sit here and listen to Kat tell stories. I mean, I know that one of the things that you set out to do in this podcast is to get people talking about cricket in the off season. I think we've had a, I think we've had a one of a kind, very special guest. Would you agree? Oh, look, most definitely. And look, I'll give us give us a pat. I'll give us both a pat on the back. I know when we we started doing the winner series, and the the original goal was to check in with I guess clubs that we didn't necessarily talk a lot about during the summer in suburban districts, the the teams who weren't in Division One, because yep. the podcast usually led um, heavily towards the top grade. Um, but as we filtered through, we also wanted to touch on the different associations, different formats of cricket. Um, but what we both spoke about, you know, I'd like to get some individuals on, just the personalities of cricket in Newcastle. And your name basically jumped out of both their mouths at the same time. Exactly we need right. to get Kath Pink on because there's a story and a half. Got to and... get Kath. And that, yeah. that, so that came, we both said the same thing. No brainer to get Kath Pink on. Um, so I thank you so much for taking the time and giving up an hour here on you know, the eve of the Matildas game um, because. Your your story is very unique to to a lot of different cricket, yet so similar to a lot of others as well. Um, but your, your passion, I mean, I I love the game, and Redders loves the game, but it inspires me to see people like yourself who who and, and not only love the game, but still got so much in the tank to give to the game. So, look, thank you on behalf of Newcastle Cricket, everything you've given the cricket, Kath, um, and look forward to bumping in around the traps at, at different games. Hopefully, when we're frog boxing and uh, doing the commentary, it's always good to check in, say good day, and um, yeah, next time I'm out at Cahaba running coffees to Redders, I'll make sure I've got a can of new for you as well, Kath. Okay, oh no, make it VB <laughs> now, please. <laughs> <laughs>
VV oh, now. Roosters and VV, that's two strikes. Uh, rubbish. <laughs> uh, well, the VB's okay, not the Roosters. Uh, if right. I could I'll just back up. It's a cold one then. No, but thank you. That's, it's been yeah. awesome. It has been yeah, awesome, I mean, Kat. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah. Um, enjoy the football tonight. Uh, good luck to our Roosters on the weekend for the rest of the season. Look forward very much to seeing you, as we, Dan said, around the traps at yeah. Charlestown Games at Rep Cricket. There might be yeah. some se- serious representative cricket being played in Newcastle in January. More about that later, but um, that might be some something you referred to 30-odd years ago. Might may actually be happy in Newcastle in January, so just have to wait and see about that. Oh, well, thank you very much again, David and Daniel, for the uh, opportunity and, yeah, to be able to just share a bit of my passion. You know, I mean, and I probably, yeah, I haven't haven't shared lots and lots of stuff about nitty-gritty about Charlestown, but, yeah, they're, they're, they're I mean, they're, they're still my number one, but, yeah, cricket is definitely, yeah, cricket is up there because, yeah, without cricket, yeah, there's lots of things I would not have been able to do, people that I would not have been able to meet. So, yeah. For yeah, for for everyone, and yeah, thank you very much again, gentlemen, and uh, yeah, go the Magpies in Magpies and the Maggies in twenty twenty three twenty four. Very good, thank you, Kath Pink. We really appreciate you joining us this evening. Enjoy the football tonight. We'll see you soon, Dan Saunders. Thank you again, sir. Look forward to yeah. catching up with you next week. But it has been our very great privilege to have one of the true stars of Newcastle and New South Wales country cricket. Kath Pink, who are you um, with us this evening? Hope you enjoy listening to Kath's story and Kath, the passion that just comes out from, from Kath Pink. On behalf of Dan and Kath, this is David Redden. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>